0: Great to see you in church this morning. Let's give the Lord a hand. That's it. Good one. Well, if you are visiting with us, it's great to have you here at One Heart Church and we're so glad that you've taken the time to be with us today. Great singing this morning. Thank you very much, guys. Also, want to say a great big thank you to our tech team, our sound te- desk people. They've been training all this weekend and... It's great having Matt Weaver with us all the way from Newcastle here to teach our guys how to uh, how to uh, play on the uh, sound desk. No, how to how to make it work really good. So just want to honour and uh, say thanks to them. What's that going on there? Someone's <laughs> playing around with their stuff. <clears throat> so it is it is a, a real honour to have uh, uh, Matt Weaver with us, uh, who was in the same church that we came from in Adelaide um, at Edge Church. So that was an amazing time in our lives and. And that was, we were there at the same time. We crossed over. So good to have you with us, Matt. Um, also, Pastor Kylie, she is in Tumbi Bay today, preaching up there. And it's really good that we are able to send our preachers to other churches. And right now, they're going through a time without a pastor. So we're helping them through this next few months until we find a suitable pastor to take them on. So um, that's where she is today. And every week for the next two months or so, we'll be having preachers up there uh, helping them out. I've got a picture of um, Mariah and Sean, he, he uh, graduated from his basic training on Friday with the army, that's what he looks like now, you remember he used to come to church with uh, pyjama shorts on all the time, now he dresses like that, it's a bit of a change, the army's cleaned him up, but uh, Mariah has been our kids' pastor for about the last seven years and uh, she'll be leaving next Sunday, will be her last service with us, so just want to remind you, Think of ways to honour her and bless her. She's done a great job in our kids' area. Has pioneered things in, in the church. One Up group was pioneered by Mariah. Uh, the Toddlers group was pioneered by Mariah. So she's really added a lot of uh, strength to our church in those areas. So it'll be her last service next Sunday. So just be aware of that and uh, farewell her. And um, By the way, Sean won the Best Shooter Award in, the, in, his, in his class in the army. And By the way, I did take him out for one lesson <laughs> before he left, and there you go. It, it got him, the, it got him the, the award, so he owes me big, big time. All right, are we ready to hear the word of God this morning? Yeah. Let's bow our heads. <clears throat> we'll just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today that your word is life, that your word has power. I thank you, Lord, that you uh, have brought us here today to be strengthened, to be inspired, um, to be directed. So, Father, we pray that our hearts may be open and our spirits willing to go with your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning I want to talk about friends. It's a a huge part to success in our Christian life depends upon our friends. Now, this will probably sound totally different to the first service, but um, I really believe that friends is so important. You know, a lot of people, if you say, how did you come to Christ, they'll say because a friend brought me to church, or a friend told me about Jesus. Um, And there's many, many people who are in church simply for the reason because they have friends there. So friendship and church are really, really important factors we need to um, get right. So um, I think friends are important in building a healthy church, building a strong church, because we live in a world that's increasingly hostile to the lifestyle of faith. So we're surrounded by things that that aren't encouraging us to follow Jesus, that are not encouraging us to to follow the Lord. My first scripture this morning is Proverbs 13, verse 20. And from the NIV version, it says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Changing that word companion, you can just use the word friend. But there are two types of friends that are identified in that scripture. The first... Friends of conviction. So my message title, if I have one today, is friends of conviction. But uh, friends of conviction that that are wise equals good friends. And there's another kind of friend that says friends of conformity, they're described as fools, which equal not good. So uh, we need to identify the difference between the wise friends that we need and the foolish friends that bring us harm. And that's not trying to say, well, you know we're going to judge other people as such, but we need to realise that there are some things, some people that work negatively against our spiritual journey with Jesus. So we need to identify those things. <clears throat> now Hebrews 10 verse 24, I'm just laying a foundation because I don't think today is going to be the end. I think um, we're going to try and get through as much as we can today, but I think this is part one of maybe a 24-part series. But we need to identify the difference between wise friends and Foolish friends. Hebrews 10 24 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. We often preach uh, and have heard it preached many times, verse 25, that says, uh, Don't neglect the meeting together, but uh, rather encourage one another, encourage others. Um, because it's a really important fact that if we were to walk all on our own on this journey of life, of discipleship of Jesus, then the two things can happen. We can fight, we can wander away completely or we can wander into an error and not have someone to help us back. The one who encourages others, um, be that one. Be one who encourages others to be the best that they can. So being together as believers, being together as Christians, being together as the church, you have a part to play, a very important part to play, and that is to encourage others. <coughs> So having friends of conviction in a hostile environment uh, is an important thing that we need to uh, do and discover for, our, for ourselves. Uh, now Daniel, the book of Daniel, um, it talks about Daniel uh, as a person and he had three friends in Babylon. Now I'll read you just a little snippets of the story and we'll start in Daniel 1, chapter 1 uh, verses 1 to 7. So during the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylon and placed them in the treasure house of his God. So, to give you context, if you're not familiar, Babylon represents the the world system. Babylon is evil. King Nebuchadnezzar is a bad king, and he's come against the people of God, the people of Jerusalem. He's besieged the city, he's he's uh, uh, overcome the city, and he's stolen all the treasuries from God's temple. So that's the context. Now, he takes all these things back to Babylon. Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy, good-looking young men, he said, uh, gifted with knowledge and good judgment. And are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years and then they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah were four of the young men chosen from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with Babylonian names. (coughs) So four boys plucked from their homes, taken to a foreign land where they spoke a different language, ate different food and worshipped different gods and given new names. They were taken as trophies of war to Babylon. So could you imagine if they were to take you to, to another country, take you where they eat different food, they have different religions and uh, different languages and they even change your name. So what they're doing is trying to completely erode your background and even change your identity. So um, here they are, separated from their culture, everything familiar, their families are, are no longer with them. Their friendship, these four men was forged through a terrible trauma. And looking at their story, I want us to bring out some things this morning that will help us to understand and value the type of friendships that are good for us and that are strong in our lives. See, the Christian life, was designed by God for friendship, for connection, for growing and going somewhere together. It is my personal belief that there is no such thing as a Christian who is not connected with other Christians, who does not belong in a body. I just don't think it goes together. I just don't think that you can say, oh yes, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to any church, I don't belong to any community of faith. I just don't think that that matches the, 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 the way we see what Jesus did with his disciples, and what Jesus did in the early church. So, the Christian life of faith was designed by God for friendship, for connection, and for growing and going somewhere together. Uh, a few verses here: one John one seven, Galatians two nine, Acts chapter two verse forty two. It says the word it uses the word fellowship in these in these scriptures, which means uh, friends with shared interests and values. You need friends around you with shared interests and values. So followers of Jesus share values and interests of God's kingdom, of Jesus' kingdom. And we need to realize that that we share values that that the world around us doesn't share. So I'll give you the statement of the day. You can turn to your friend and say this, turn to the person next to you. You need friends. You need friends. You need godly, spiritual friends. So Proverbs twenty-seven verse seventeen: As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. One of my most favourite of scriptures: uh, Ecclesiastes four verse twelve: A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Now I remember learning this the hard way once on a on a a, a activity, and um, we were having we had someone had this idea we're going to have an egg fight and water balloon fight. So we all came with you know eskies and boxes full of water balloons, water bombs, and eggs, and we were in this big park and there was an adventure playground with like a ship made out of logs, and in the middle of the ship was a crow's nest. And I thought, what a great idea! I'm going to get my eggs and my water b- bombs, and I'm going to go to the crow's nest, and I'll be able to bomb everyone below me. But what I didn't realize was up there, I had—I was a sitting duck. And as soon as it didn't take me long to run out of ammunition, and then I had nowhere to go, and I was getting absolutely hammered with eggs and water bombs on my spot. But I had no—I had no protection, no nowhere to go. But the, this scripture here says. Um, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. I was completely defeated even though I was in the highest point of the playground. Uh, Two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So I want us to look at this morning for uh, what to look for in others and what to develop in yourself. Um, And we're going to look at these four friends in Babylon, uh, exiles in Babylon... And uh, see what we can take away today to help us to be the kind of people others need and the kind of people we need in our life. So Daniel 1 verse 8, it says, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself. There's a great powerful word there, the word resolve, because you need to have some resolve in your life some dis- some distinctions some lines drawn that say this is where I will go and this is where I won't go this is what I will do this is what I won't do you need to have some resolve that is based upon the word and the call of God for your life because if you don't have resolve then you will be you'll be led away and dragged away by every other idea and thing so getting back to the story Daniel resolved not to devote to defile himself with the royal food and wine and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Uh, now verses 11 to 15, Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and azariah they're all friends, please test your servants for 10 days, give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Um, <clears throat> now I know a lot of people use this term, this is past eventing and they say oh I'm going on a Daniel fast there's no such thing that was called a Daniel lifestyle it wasn't a fast a fast is when you say God I need to I need to get close to you Lord I want to hear your voice better so I'm not going to eat and I'm going to only drink water or tea or 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 something like that that's a fast when you say a Daniel fast that's a Daniel lifestyle it's a choice he made with his friends to say we're not going to pollute ourselves and eat all the foods of Babylon which are against our our law So do you get that? So I'm just venting there, being bad pastor. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So these four young friends made a stand. They had a resolve together for what they valued. You know something, I, I was just thinking in, as we were worshipping this morning, maybe these, these four young men went to Sunday school together. <clears throat> maybe they just sat in the same Sunday school and Mariah was their Sunday school teacher and teaching them about the values of the kingdom of God. And, and as they grew up, they didn't know what was going to come next. They didn't know they were going to be taken away, put to Babylon, change their names, change their identity. But they're saying, you might, Babylon might be trying to, to, to change everything around me and try and change my identity but I know who I am in God and I'm not going to change what I believe. Getting yeah, excited this morning, a bit more, bit more voice here this morning than the, than the last service. So these four young men made a stand for what they value. So number one, point number one, <clears throat> friends of conviction don't eat the food of Babylon even when it's free and defile their bodies. So friends of conviction of shared values maintain a culture that nourishes their bodies. Now I'm not talking about food this morning, I'm talking about a spiritual thing. Things that you let into your spirit, things that you let into your life. It's not so much, I'm not talking about the physical food, I'm talking about the spiritual things that you feed yourself with and the spiritual things that you need and the spiritual things that you don't need. So in our context, align with friends who value salvation, align with friends who value Jesus' culture, uh, uh, don't eat the diet the world wants to feed you because the world will want to feed you a diet of gossip. The, the, the world will want to feed you a diet of negativity. The, the world will want to feed you a diet of, of uh, frustrations and all these other things. It would keep trying to bombard you and get you to focus on those things rather than focus on things that help you grow. <clears throat> so 10 days, after 10 days, everyone could see the difference. And you want to get around friends that empower, encourage you spiritually. So when you spend 10 days doing the same things together, you'll see you've grown. You'll see you're better. You'll see your skin looks better. You feel stronger. You feel clearer. You feel better about everything. So they want to encourage you spiritually. You've got to eat the right stuff together. Don't get caught up in in the, the, the ways of Babylon with your Christian friends. It won't work. Eat the right stuff together. So... With you, when you don't have friends of conviction, you'll be dining with friends of conformity on all the wrong stuff. You'll just be falling for everything. So let's continue their story. <coughs> Daniel 3 verse 1, in New Living Translation says, King, Nebuchadnezz- King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plains of Jura in the province of Babylon. <coughs> Daniel 3 verse 4 to 6 then a herald shouted, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Goes on to say, Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now, Daniel's three friends who wouldn't eat the king's food. Uh, face an even bigger challenge. They face a a, a much bigger thing. Now, I want to tell you something. If you don't learn not to eat the the, the food of Babylon, when when you get to the next stage, you'll fail that lesson. You'll fail that one too. Because when you think at the start of this story, it says they chose um, people from from Judah to come to, to serve the king of Babylon. And there would have been hundreds, maybe thousands of them. And out of all the rest, they would have just said, well, let's just eat the food. Let's just eat what they give us. Let's not make a fuss. Let's just do it. And probably when it came to to bowing down to this foreign object, this this God that had been set up that wasn't who they had learned to worship, who was the real king of kings, they would have just said, well, that's okay. We've eaten the food. We'll just just bow down. And now on that day, in Daniel 3 verse 12, it says that the other rulers, the other government officials, noticed that these these boys didn't bow down when they were supposed to. And it says this, But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon, they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods, and do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. Now, friends of conviction don't bow to the king's image of gold that would defile their souls first keys they won't bow uh, they won't eat the food that will defile their body and now they won't they won't bow down to an image of gold that will defile their soul daniel 3 verse 15 i'll paraphrase this they are given one more chance to bow down and worship the statue and if they don't they'll be condemned to death now by the way they never get that second chance if you read the story carefully they don't get the second chance. Um, when they when they have a chance to speak to the king and say they will, they will never bow to his statue, it says he went into a rage and they were condemned immediately and thrown into the furnace. I believe they would have been sitting there getting, getting bound. They're getting the handcuffs on. They're getting pushed into the police car to be taken down to the furnaces. And they're looking at each other and they go, well, this is it, boys. It was nice knowing you. That was good fun in Sunday school. It was great having those trips to the to the bouncy castle. Uh, it was really good fun. But I guess you know this is it. We're, we're going to I'll see you on the other side, I suppose. But no matter what, we'll not bow down or worship this statue because if we do, it'll have an eternal consequence. It's going to have an it's going to have an effect on our eternal life, and we don't want to go there. So, <clears throat> friends of conviction. They stood by each other and they strengthened each other and they understand the pressure of a Babylonian culture. And I want to say to you, friends of conviction will stand by you. They'll strengthen you and they'll stand with you under pressure realising that we have a Babylon culture that wants to force us into things that are ungodly. Now the opposite are friends of conformity. Uh, they're, the, they're the opposite of, of friends of conviction. And when the wind blows, they just bend with it. And who knows how many hundreds or thousands of, of men of Judah were before that gold statue. And when the music played, they just bowed. They just said, it's easier to go and just go with the flow than stand for our conviction. <clears throat> Friends of conformity speak a, a type of language. they us say it doesn't matter. We'll just do it just this once. It's not that bad. We'll ask, we'll ask God to forgive us later. When it, there's a saying, I'll change it slightly, you'll know what the saying that I mean, but it goes like, when in Babylon, do as the Babylonians do. Now, it's not the way the saying goes, but you know what I mean. When in Babylon, do as the Babylonians do. Now, these young men, they say, no, we don't, we're born again. This is what you need to say to, you, to, your, to your friends. We're born again, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We're set apart for God we live by conviction greater than the pressure to conform in Babylon. Together, they face their sentence rather than bend to conformity. And they chose a different path, the lonely path. Daniel 3, verses 23 and 25 in the NIV says, And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace, or they, they were chucked in. They didn't just fall, they were chucked in there. Then King them... Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, Your Majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. See, in the furnace, the three friends met a pre-incarnate Jesus. So when they were thrown into that furnace, Jesus was there. They are called the next thing, the king says, Get them out of there. This is crazy. And they're called out of the furnace alive. <clears throat> and you know what? They would have rather have died than defile their souls by bowing to Babylon. Can I just have the musicians come and join me this morning? <clears throat> so, what we've seen so far: number one, friends of conviction don't eat the food of Babylon and defile themselves. The second key, friends of conviction don't bow to the king's image of gold that would defile their soul. Now I just want to help you to identify and keep friends of conviction because we need friends of conviction around us that uh, help us to grow, encourage us, point us in the right direction and keep us on the right paths together. The first thing you need to understand is friends like that are precious and you need to value them because they share values they share a burden and they share your successes with you they share the defeats with you they'll be there with you you need to value friends in your life and not be quick to cut people off now there's a lot of times where where people don't have close friends in their life because somewhere along life's journey there's been those those times of betrayal those times where someone has let you down maybe talked about you done all kinds of things that weren't right or fair but you know something you need to put those things behind you learn the lessons and be a friend to someone else and be a friend to others and try and be what others weren't for you and move beyond those things but one thing i will say on this on this point about valuing friends avoid unhealthy codependence it's never a good ending when there develops a codependence where you need them and they need you and uh, it's sort of a little bit weird, a little bit bit wonky, just avoid those kind of things. Second key is give them permission to ask questions. It can save you a lot of pain in the long run if you allow others to, to ask the right questions. Should you be doing that? Should you be eating that? Should you be going there? Should you be looking at that? Now this is not interfering in other people's lives but it's a, a type of friendship that has such relationship and such trust that those questions are okay to ask you don't go to someone who you hardly know and say ah oh, you know why are you shopping at that shop you know it, it's not that it's when it comes to the, the the most important factors of lifestyle that you can have others around you who can say hey you know what we you know what we know that we we can't do that we know that that's not what we ought to do so friends of conformity, you've got to understand, will demand the same questions, but they'll have a negative output. So you might think, well, I don't want these friends of conviction asking me what I should do or don't do, because the friends of conformity certainly won't hesitate. They'll be in there in a flash, and they'll be saying, why don't you do that? They'll be asking questions with an opposite, opposite angle. Why don't you just go there? Why don't you just look at that? So, But those results will be negative and, and life-controlling third thing <clears throat> beware of imitations not everything that comes in a tube is toothpaste and I remember coming home from work one day and, and the whole house smelled like deep heat or denker or something like that and I said who's, who's been using the denker and Pauline said oh nobody Josh was only a little boy he thought he'd brush his teeth and he, he got the denker and and used it as toothpaste and you could still smell it in all through the house. But see, not everything that comes in a tube is toothpaste and not everyone you meet in church will share your convictions. So you need to be discerning when it comes to those who you walk alongside, those who you choose to, to be close in your church life because not everyone is going to share your values. And you need to know the difference because some people are just like anchor weights even though they attend church. Some people are just... Just don't have the values. Some people just don't have the convictions. Some people have never come to the point of resolve. And you just need to know, well, I might be able to help them, but I can't be listening too much to what they're going to tell me. So I just hope that that helps to to be there. Don't cut people off. I'm not saying that. but, But you need to take them on the journey. Don't follow their journey. Number four. You need friends who will remind you of God's promises. They're the people who encourage you and inspire you and motivate you to stay on course, to see the eternal value, the eternal goals. They're people who, it, it's really, really good to have people who will pray with you. You know, sometimes you want a vent. I love a good vent. I do it about three times a day. And I'm like, "It's car's in front, going too slow. I was just about to park there and this idiot got in the way. All those things. In just one event, and say, you know what? Just let it go. Just pray. Why don't we just pray right now for that person instead of cursing them? But it's good to have people around us who can direct us back to a spiritual solution, back to a spiritual perspective again. So they remind you of God's promises. They'll encourage, inspire, and motivate you to stay on course. Remind you of, of... Prophecies spoken remind you of of the word of God that has been spoken over your life remind you of scriptures that you might not be thinking of right there telling you hey you might just have to let that go you might just have to forgive that person you might just have to uh, be more generous and reminding you of the ways of God in your life you need friends like that you don't need friends just go yeah they cut you off why don't you ram them right now you know what, I'll find out where they work and drive your car through their front window. That'll teach them something. People got excited about that part of it. They're like, yeah, preach it. No, that's not what we do. Can we just stand together this morning? Daniel and his friends stay true to God in Babylon. Now Babylon represents the worldly system, a system that is opposed to God and godliness. But Babylon may represent that, but Jesus has the last say. John 16 verse 33, Jesus says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And you need to have friends who can remind you of things like that. You know what? This world's going to have trouble. This world's broken. This world has all kinds of messed up things. But you know what? Jesus has overcome all that. Jesus has overcome the world. I want to pray for you today. And perhaps if, if you will, if you just raise your hands and say, Lord, I, I want to receive something of you today. I want to take something with me that's going to make me a better person. It's going to make me a better friend. Is going to make me stronger, smarter, clearer. Just raise your hands and I want to pray for you this morning. Lord Jesus, I just pray for your church today. We pray for your people. Lord, that we don't want to eat what Babylon is serving. We don't want to bow to the statue that Babylon wants us to worship. Lord, we want to carry each other's burdens We want to be the kind of friends that build and encourage and strengthen one another. Lord, we want to stand up for our friends. We want to stand up for the faith. And Lord, we want to stand up for your word. And we want to make a difference in this world for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray right now, may there be an anointing coming upon people, a new understanding, a new appreciation of friendship. Lord, I pray in this church that people will, whatever has been the, the, the walls and the blockages and the separations of Lord right now in Jesus' name, we take those things down. Lord, we pray that there'll be forms of friendship growing in this church that are strong, that are, that are not centered on, on trivial things, but are centered on the purposes and the plans and the ways of God that we may love and encourage and build and strengthen each other in the house of God. So, Lord, we just receive that this morning. And, Lord, I pray a blessing over your people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. God bless your church. Why don't we just, uh, can we just sing something like River One? Can we just do that? And, and I just pray, as we do, just start to catch something in the Spirit this morning and let the Holy Ghost speak to you. I probably just mucked up your whole plan and system. But uh, can we do that? Just uh, yeah, One of the things I didn't mention... is is I talk about praying together having people who pray with you direct you to God a major, major thing is having people that you can praise together and worship God together let's just take a couple of minutes before we finish to praise together as a church and uh, see some things breaking off as we do thank you guys are you Lord God Almighty worthy is He